You're about to get insider access to cannabis industry experts, entrepreneurs, activists, and living legends. Meet the people who live and blaze this life every day and are about to change the world. Now your host, the founder of Blazin Bakery, New Jersey's first edibles company with over a decade of national advocacy, sales, connections, and adventures behind her. A true trailblazer in cannabis. This is Trailblazing with Tiramisu. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Trailblazing with Tiramisu, the podcast where we try to put the fun back in cannabis while sharing a little insider wisdom and chatting with some amazing guests. Um, today, we have Makeda Marley. Um, I met Makeda a couple months ago at an event I threw, and I immediately loved her energy. She is so kind and humble. And she is the daughter of the reggae pioneer, cannabis legend, um, one of the best-selling artists of all time. Rolling Stone ranked him the number 11 greatest artist of all time, Bob Marley. And Makeda is a talent in her own right. <laughs> She is performing as DJ Live Love. She has a debut album coming out this year, a single, Freedom Isn't Free, and a great story behind that. And she is launching a cannabis CBD line, Makeda Marley brand. Guys, we have some royal blood here today. Please welcome Makeda Marley. <laughs> Hi, hon. How you doing? I'm doing good. Very excited to have you here today. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to be here. This is my first Zoom. I know. It's, and Makeda actually lives by me. She's down near Philly. I'm in Jersey. So we have plans to do this in person, which I always prefer, but coronavirus. So here yeah, we are. Yeah, we got to stay at home. Um, but oh, so on, since we're talking about coronavirus, I want to talk about that too much. But so you know how everyone's making their own masks out of bandanas? Have you seen that? Yes, my friend okay. made me one. Did she? So I was going through my bandanas and I found this one. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. I was like, I was like, oh, I got a Bob Marley Corona mask. But um, yeah, that'd be really cool. You gotta stay protected. <laughs> I was like, so cool. I didn't think of that. I'm sure I have like plenty of stuff with my dad on it that I could turn into a mask. I don't want to cut it though. No, you fold it. You just fold it and loop it. But yeah, oh, it's, okay. uh, there's like, I was going to, maybe I'll do a how-to video with it. Um, but anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, tell me, um, tell me about growing up Marley. Like just, you know, um, did, so did you get to spend time with your siblings? Were you down Jamaica at all? Like what was your experience? Well, um, the answer is yes. I spent time in Jamaica with all my family, even uh, Mama Rita, <laughs> in her house down the skyline, and uh, Sabella and Karen, they've had a house next door to Rita, and um, growing up was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you want one word to describe growing up in my family, it was amazingly fantastical. <laughs> Wow. That's two words. I'm sorry. That's two words. That's okay. You're allowed two words. That's uh that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always a lot of fun because there's so many of us. So it was like yeah. Ziggy, they used to when Ziggy was on tour with the Melody Makers, it was so fun. I remember when they came to Philly and 
it was a uh, conscious party was out and then the children playing in the streets. Like there's just so many songs out of my brothers and my dad's music. That's just, it always brings back really fun memories of my childhood. Like I lived a normal life growing up in Coatesville mm-hmm. and I was born in Miami, but we, I grew up in Coatesville. So it was like so normal, my life. I had a stepdad and I call him dad because he raised me since I was one. Okay. And him and my mom's been married for, um, I, I think it's like 37 years now. Well, I'm giving away how old I am. Oh no. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I've said my age on the podcast. I said it the first Oh time. no. Wait a minute. I mean, 27 years. <laughs> so, no, sweetie, I hate, I hate to break it to you, but you're on Wikipedia. So people could just look it up. I know. <laughs> But that's fake news. It's fake news, news. <laughs> fake news. I think we're going to celebrate our 25th birthday this year, me and you together. Yeah. Well, well, I want to be 29. I'm sorry. You want me 29? Okay. You could be. Yeah, because my, my cousin, <laughs> she just turned 25, and I was like, there's no way you're 25 when I'm only going to be 29. <laughs> 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 you're right. Yeah. You I think I, t- I turned 29 a couple times for sure. Okay, good. <laughs> that's awesome. So I know I can just stay that age then. It'll mm-hmm. skip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah, but I was, I, I remember the first time I went to Jamaica, I was, I think, 10 or 12. I can't really remember the exact year. But going to Jamaica and, you know, getting off the airplane and getting into like the black armored SUVs that were all tinted out and everybody screaming like, Bob Marley, Bob Marley, like as we drive like down the street in the motorcade because, you know, my brothers and sisters picked me up and they all knew for some reason that where they are at all times. Wow. <laughs> like before anything like, you know, TMZ, they're, the Jamaicans knew when our family, because we're like a royal family down there. So they yeah. know when we arrive. That's why I said I got royal blood here today, man. Yeah. Seriously. So, yeah, so I was just talking to a Jamaican today about that. He was like, you know, your your family, they're more important than the prime minister. Like, we're like the royal family of Jamaica. That's amazing. I would just so, be there. I'd be there all the time then. I know. <laughs> That's true, but I wouldn't be there all the time because my brothers and sisters, they all moved to the States. Yeah. You know, the United States of America is the best place to be. I wouldn't be anywhere but here. <laughs> Aw, well, yeah, yeah, I forget how spoiled we are. We really do have it good. Yeah, uh, like, I, even though in Jamaica, it's a lot of poverty, so you got to think about, as the richest family in Jamaica, and with the poverty, they're, they got robbed a lot. Their houses were broken into, uh, you always had to have security, you know, it's a lot of you know, bad men, bad men in Jamaica. <laughs> ah, yeah. And gunmen. And it, like, when they talk about it, you think they're just singing about it in the songs. No, that song Kamani has the gunman's world. It's a real thing. And it's very dangerous. And the children are running, just like, I don't know if you saw in Belly when Ox went to Jamaica, how the children were running up and banging on the window with the guns. No, oh. So that's why I'm going to stay in America. My brothers and sisters all have houses in in the States. You know, we're everywhere from California, Miami. Most of us, they they all have houses like in Miami, 
the big compounds down in, near Sadella's house. Very and then cool. she built her mom a house right, uh, she built her house right next door and her mom, uh, Mama Rita is living next door to her. And I know Damien has a house and a studio. Kamani's based out of Atlanta. Ziggy is out in California. And, and Rohan is all New York, California, and in Miami. So we're all over. Robbie's in Miami. There's a lot of us. So it's fun. Okay? <laughs> there is a lot of you guys. I'm so you because you I can talk end it. about that for so you, long. And so let me ask. So much fun. Do you ever get the chance to um all get together anymore? Well, we get together when they're on tour, or okay. if I go down to Miami. But everybody's everywhere at different times. You know, yeah. we have kids and we have lives. Yeah. And we have our family that are our friends that we were raised, like grew up with, you know, from our different areas. You know, Julian was grow he grew up in England. You know, wow. we all go to Jamaica, but there was never a big Marley re like reunion, you know? There we be. just have there we should have be tours and we have concerts and we have you can never get all of us into one spot. The person that does that, they're going to be brilliant. You know okay. who's going to be? It should be a concert promoter who puts on a festival and you guys are all the lineup. That would be amazing. <laughs> Just Marley but, Fest and yeah, you guys. Yeah, that would be amazing. Many people try to do that, but- in Oh, the, really? And then to get like, even the kids, like Joe Mercer. Mercer has a hot album out. I don't know if you've heard it, but- I'm a DJ, so I always am listening to new music. My nephew, um, Daniel Bambada mm -hmm. in California, he just came out and had, dropped a couple hot singles. Joe Mercer, Steven's son, uh, Bambada's Ziggy's son, uh, Sasha Payne, that's Steven's daughter. She's oh. DJing, DJ Sasha Payne. She's DJing oh. all over, you know. They had the Marley Cruise, Damien's Cruise. A lot of my brothers and stuff performed on there, but not every year you get us all on there at once. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just too many people. So there's a, there's a whole new generation coming up now too, because you guys exactly. are all Exactly. Wow, exactly. that's amazing. How about, so I- So I'm still trying to keep up because I'm like the youngest daughter. So uh -huh. I'm the, 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 the youngest aunt. So it's like Aww. the kids having kids and like my son's he'll be 15 and my middle one's eight and my baby he's one so like I have all the generations covered I think <laughs> that's very cool that's awesome. yeah and and do you do you think they'll wanna because most everyone does music in your family so you imagine your children will wanna no, they don't mostly do music oh no a lot of us no there's Stephen has 20 kids only two oh. of them out of the 20 do music. No, I meant your generation. No, because only Ziggy, Damien, Steven, Rohan, Kamani. No, Rohan doesn't do music. Only half of us do music. You really Sadella stopped doing music when the Melody Makers split up. They you always trying to say, oh, City, come and come and do music and get the Melody Makers when they're going to make another album. But no, it's not. It's never going to be like when we were younger. But do you, you know? do you realize that five is a lot of talented people in one family? You're like, no, no, it's only five. I'm like, that's amazing. Some people that don't have a single person in their whole family who's, you know, musically gifted. So. Yeah, but it's like when you grow up music, you grow up music and that's it. Yeah. 
when you grow up and your dad's on tour, like Ziggy, he got to travel with our father, you know, they got yeah. to be around them. I'm the only child that wasn't actually around him while he was alive. I'm the only one that was born after he died. So I only know of him through being with my family. So, so, so tell me, tell me about that. So that's, uh, I, I'm, you know, sorry. That's, I can't imagine what that's like knowing that you just missed meeting your father. So did you feel like through his music, you kind of got to know him or through stories? Well, that was the or, only way. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was the only way was through his music and through stories. People tell me that I meet along the way and through my family members and my cousins and stuff. <laughs> that you're uh your family there or who yeah it's my talk? oldest son look he's oh. taller than me come Let's here guy. yes he is did you know that birds have ears behind and under their eyes no i didn't <laughs> well, that's good to know chickens do too um yeah. i like chickens fried oh i was <laughs> like wait you guys have chickens Cool. Yeah, we well we have we live on a farm. I have a farm oh. five acres. Oh, that's fabulous. So wait, have you looked into growing hemp or cannabis on your property or oh who said it wasn't growing already? Oh, fabulous. That's great. So um uh yeah, I mean that was something you've been doing for a long time. I know and, and you've been kind of like your dad, a, a freedom fighter for cannabis rights and activism. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, tell, tell, tell me your tale with that as well. Well, I've been doing it for almost 20 years now. So, I mean, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you yourself, like, uh, I know we, we were talking before we got on officially about you're a recipe creator and you love to cook. Um, are, you also, yeah. are you also a cultivator? Do you, like, know how to grow and all that? Yeah, that's where I got... Um, my charges were from manufacturing marijuana with the intent to distribute because mm -hmm. I had a whole garden in my house when I lived in, I lived in Thorndale outside of Philly and they, I was renting the room out to somebody that I found on Craigslist and he wasn't trying to pay me rent. He was trying to extort me by saying that he was going to tell on me if I didn't let him live in my house for free. And that's where the oh, domestic... Jesus that's where the domestic disturbance came from. They were like, oh, it was her boyfriend, but it wasn't my boyfriend. It was just some random person that I was renting a room out in my house. I had an extra bedroom. Yeah. And then when he tried to do that, I pretty much was kicking him out. And he told the cops, he was like, oh, she has weed growing in the basement. And they were like, yeah, whatever. And I, the basement was locked and you couldn't smell it because I had dryer sheets and all the heaters in my house. But I had a really nice garden. I was growing uh, medicinal marijuana back in 2000. Oh, shucks. What year is it? <laughs> 2020 now. So I started growing in 2001. Wow. But outdoors. Mm -hmm. And then in 2008 is when I had my house and I started when I would get done harvesting outdoor, I brought them in and I cloned and had cut, I cloned and cut and I'm a cultivator. That's what I've always done. I've always grown marijuana. Marijuana grows in the earth and I've always grown it. So when they finally caught me, I was growing uh, endless sky and I had my, 
my strain of purple haze was some of the most beautiful bud you've ever seen in your whole entire life. Wow. And Endless Sky was another strain. I had two strains, purple haze, Endless Sky, and then just like, you know, some regular, some Reggie. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> but when they caught me, it was the Endless Sky that was coming to, it was blossoming at that time. And they took my plants. I had six plants in flowering. I had 12 plants in, um, in veg. And then I had clones of my mother plant. Yeah, it was so sad. And the cops were so, one of the cops was a dickhead because he, <laughs> he was just a dickhead cop. But then there was another cop. He was like, when they were taking the plants out, the one cop was like dumping my dirt. I was like, don't dump my dirt on that grass. It took me so long to grow that grass because Aww. I had a huge tree with a rope swing in the backyard. And so it was a shaded area and it's hard to grow grass in a shaded area. Oh. If anybody knows about growing anything, you know <laughs> that it's hard to grow grass under a tree. So he's like dumb. And then the one cop, he was like really nice. He was like, I feel like I'm moving my friends out. I was like, yeah, probably because your friends all grow weed in their basement and you're probably going <laughs> to take my plants to their house. Because Probably. I've never seen my plants in the evidence locker over at Callan where the oh, cops no. had arrested me. They, they, yeah. were, they were all adopted, I'm sure, by some. Yeah, I'm sure they were adopted. <laughs> and that's what I told that one cop. He was so funny. But he was always really nice to me. Like, it, it, it's so funny how, like, I don't like police, but I do like some police. Yeah. <laughs> like, the ones that are nice to me. <laughs> So what, when I was going to try to get a license in my town and I, I'm never nervous. Like I could talk to people. I could talk all day. It's my thing. Uh, so, but the township wanted me to sit down with the chief of police and tell him why I should be able to, you know, have a dispensary in my hometown. And yeah. a, a councilman brought me in and at the end of it, he's like, were you nervous? And I was like, yeah, I was. He's like, your eye was twitching the entire time. <laughs> Because that was the one thing I'm like, oh, I have to convince a cop to let me sell weed. That's, that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's deeply ingrained in us to have that. I don't know. Yeah, it is. I do. Yeah. But And I remember one time I got in an argument and the cop's like, well, why didn't you call us? I'm like, I'm not going to call you. Every time I, the police come <laughs> around, I get arrested. <laughs> like, why, 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 the question is, why would I call you? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I get that. And uh, yeah, there's so much, and this is things we're trying to fix too. There's so much in cannabis that's wrong. And like when I look at someone like you who says, I've been growing for 20 years. I have some of the most beautiful buds you've ever seen, you know? And then when it comes time for licensing, they're giving it to a guy who was in selling insurance six months ago and just said, oh, the green rush, I'm going to make some money off cannabis. Let's, exactly. And that's know? what kind of upset me about Christine Visco. Like she's supposedly the queen of pot in Philly. And I'm like, no, she's not. She was freaking working at the damn grocery store. And now she went into the weed industry and she doesn't know anything about pot. She probably never grew a plant in her life. If anybody's the queen of pot in Philly, it's me. Doesn't your name literally mean like queen or greatness or something? I remember yeah, you telling- name, the, the meaning of my name is shepherd leader. So I've always been a leader, but Makeda in the Bible, she was the queen of Sheba. There you go. And that's where my name came from. My grandmother was a devout Catholic, a Protestant or whatever from Louisiana. Cause she was raised, she was in um, a tribe 
and she was the princess of the tribe. She was the youngest daughter. Wow. And so she used to sing opera. And when she got married, she moved up to Philly and she owned a couple businesses. She had a wig shop called Melmar's Creation on 52nd Street. And she had a Peter Pan's clothing store, children's clothing store. And when my mom met my dad, she used to get clothing from my grandmom's shop and clothe and take care of all my dad's kids, you know? So that's why for the most part, the other children have a lot of respect for my mother because she was, you know, his girlfriend that they knew that helped him actually start the label Tough Gong. And so my grandmother, she was an opera singer. She sung at the Philadelphia, she sung in French, Italian, and German. Wow. She sung Madame Butterfly and she owned a business and she went to church, Catholic church. And when my mom was pregnant with me, my dad, you know, he was very sick. And so he died on May 11th. That was my due date. Oh. And when he died, my mom, like a week later, flew up to Philly. Uh, no, not a week later. She, I was born on May 30th in Miami at Jackson Memorial Hospital. But because of all that stuff with my dad going on and like his, you know, they had that big procession and then they had it in Jamaica and they took him up to the temple that he's buried in up Nine Mile. She came back to Philly. But my grandmom said, name her Makeda, because she read the women, it's a book called Women of the Bible. And she saw that the Queen of Sheba was the one that brought King Solomon all the wealth. And she was a knowledge seeker. And in my family, names have a lot of weight on what the person's going to grow up to be. And a lot of families is that way. But I just know in mine in particular, that's why my grandmother wanted to name me that, because my mom was always like a wisdom seeker and that's how she met my dad because my dad was a very much a spiritual person a lot of his music was taken direct lines out of the bible out of the book of revelations and out of the book of genesis and you know when he talks about the stone the builder refuses the head cornerstone that's a direct quote from the bible and that's because my grandmother you know grandma booker just to be a lot of people called her she the song, No Woman, No Cry, he talks about his mom, like, you know, don't cry. And he talks about mothers and she nurtured him to be, you know, a lot of people in Jamaica, they're raised very strict, uh, seven day Aventus, seven day, is that what they're called? Where they put the Sabbath is on the sun Saturday. So Rastafarianism and my dad, he, he pioneered a different, secular of religion but he was raised as a seven-day Adventist where the Sabbath is on a Saturday so you'll see that's where the crossover comes and why he's so much of considered a prophet because a lot of his lyrics and his music was directly from the Bible wow that is really interesting thank you for that um and yeah, to think that was uh, about his mother and, you know, her background. That's really beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I was looking at some quotes before and there's um, the ones about like a man and a woman, like love her. She's not going to be perfect. It won't be forever. And I remember like after a breakup, I was like, oh my God, I remember reading this quote and being like, it's so true. Like life is hard. Life, love, it's not perfect, you know? 
Um, yeah. I so you were uh, you said your birthday was May thirtieth. My wedding anniversary was May thirtieth. I'm I'm getting oh, divorced no. now, so I was just like, oh, you know what? Aww. That that's it's like good. Now I will remember that as a better thing that happened that day. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, my dad. The reason that he had so many women is because in the African culture, kings had multiple wives, and my dad had so much love in his heart. It was hard for him to just. You know, he loved his wife. He loved Rita. He loved Cindy. He loved my mom. He loved Kamani's mom, Anita. He loved Julian's mom. Like he had a lot of love in his heart. And that's where, that was like the only thing that people could find to fault him at. Like, oh, he was a polygamist or he was a womanizer, but he wasn't. It was because the love that Jesus teaches us we should have, my father taught us that we should have. We have one love and we're all a we are one, especially yeah. in the Caribbean. A lot of us, we're all related. All in this world, we're all related. That's why tonight at seven o'clock, I don't know if you know about this, everybody in Europe is playing my dad's one love song starting at seven o'clock. What? Out I did not. Open up their windows and play one love at seven o'clock. Tonight is 4-10-2020. And they're having this big Bob Marley song playing to spread love because we have to realize we're all human beings on this earth and we're all brothers and sisters no matter where you come from what you do if you believe in god and you believe there's one god and you believe in the bible no matter what denomination whether you're muslim or jewish or catholic or rasta we all are brothers and sisters and that was my dad's message and that was my that's my brother's messages that's my message that's what live love is we live love ziggy has love is his religion because that's how we were raised we were raised like that we were raised in love we never had like you know some people they have families and you hate this person and you're jealous of that person when me and my brothers and sisters when we come together and we're in a room you don't feel nothing but love and it's just strong before my grandmother died, Stephen was on his mind control tour and it was my birthday weekend. And I just happened to be in Miami, you know, visiting with my family and stuff and with my boyfriend at the time. And my grandmother was alive and Stephen had a free concert. <laughs> at his free concert, me, Sadella, Ziggy, Robbie, Rohan, all walked into the backstage area at the same time like it was like orchestrated by a higher power it was like and then when we all walked into the room it's just like you can feel his presence and being around us and that's why people feel that way like when i meet people like you said i'm very humble because i know that you know they're my brother i'm their sister it's not like there's no jealousy in love so, yeah. And you know, I, I think even today though, we do see non-traditional relationships more and more now where it's not necessarily. And I think uh, in all the animal kingdom, there's only like two types of mammal that are monogamous and the rest of the world isn't. It actually goes against our animal nature um, to be. So, and I, I think when you really spell it out like that, it's such a beautiful sentiment. And I, I did not know they were doing that tonight. And I, I can't wait to tell people about that. That's a, a wonderful thing. 
Um, yeah. How very cool. Does does that happen often where you kind of, because it is one of those songs that's like a, a huge unity song. It happens all the time. Yeah, like, right. You don't always hear about it, but now with social media, like I have people always reaching out to me, sending me things, sending me pictures. And I love it because it just reminds me that he's looking out for me. That uh -huh. no matter what, he has my back. Like I walk into a grocery store, I hear one love or I hear jamming. I walk into <laughs> a gas station when they have the little radio playing. I'll hear my dad. I walk into the mall. I hear my dad. I, I go places. I see his face. Everybody's looking at me like, you look so familiar. And I don't, I don't always go around like, oh, well, I'm Bob Marley's daughter. And you're probably used to seeing his face everywhere. <laughs> That's why I look familiar. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. That's nice. You know, I just take it in strides because you don't know everybody's intentions and everybody's motives. So I'm very guarded in that way. I was raised that way. I was raised in a very um, sheltered. Are they arguing? Seriously? Anyway, I was raised like, you know, always worried about oh, is somebody going to kidnap me and try to ask my mom for ransom because of who I am? So don't tell anybody who you are and just keep a low profile. Like, so I'm just kind of like in the shadows, you know? Hmm. I, wasn't in the, I wasn't in the foreground and it was for my own safety. It's because people are crazy. People are crazy. <laughs> so do you, do you feel like now trying to, like you have this are brand- really in there screaming? Yes, because Kyle wants to wrestle and I have like a broken finger right now. Yeah, and why is he trying to wrestle you when I told you I had this interview? I don't know. Come here and meet Tara. <laughs> Wait, on, on what? I'm on your Zoom. Remember I told you I need your phone charged up for oh. my interview? Is this, this is Indy. Hi, Indy. Hi. Nice hi. to meet you. Hi. You can wave too. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for helping your mom get set up. <laughs> yeah, it's all thanks to Indy that uh, I have Zoom, right, Indy? Yeah, that's his <laughs> phone here. It's his. It's your phone. Who paid for it? Who? Where'd you get it for? Uh, where did I get it from? No, what did you get it for? My birthday. That's right. Very cool. You have a nicer phone than Mama, don't you? <laughs> See? Oh. I tell you, these kids are lucky. Yeah. yeah. I might not have any teeth, but I got an iPhone. <laughs> that's so cute i i saw who was it like the uh governor murphy or so, someone said the tooth fairy was an essential worker which i thought was oh, very yeah. cute tooth fairy, definitely an essential worker yeah. yes he did get tooth fairy coming he had tooth fairy he gets tooth fairy every day <laughs> that's awesome i'm like dang it's like your birthday every day <laughs> yes good to be a kid right yeah it is so, um, especially growing up with me as your mom. Yeah. You seem like you lucky. I wish I was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you'd be a cool mom. <laughs> when I first was pregnant, my friend went to Villanova, Mike Cassidy, he was like, oh my gosh, your sons are going to be so lucky that you're their mom. <laughs> uh, um, so tell me about. DJing because you have your hoodie above your head there. Uh, DJ Live Love. Tell me, you know, what your plans are, what you just, yeah, how you express yourself musically, things like that. 
Well, about DJing, it's like, I don't know. I've just always listened to music. It's always been music in my life. So DJing just comes naturally. Mm-hmm. I just have a really good ear for music and what I like to hear and to get, you know, people happy, different events. I, I just want to DJ and like Questlove, you know, <laughs> I want to be a drummer like him too. That's what actually, Amir's my friend and I love him by the way. Cool. Shout out to Questlove. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you listen. I'm going to send you the link. <laughs> oh yes, please do. <laughs> I've been watching him like every night this quarantine, every night he does live on his uh, Instagram and I watch him and I even paid Erica Badu her $2 for her uh, quarantine series. Oh, the really? Apocalypse. Oh, wow. She has a quarantine series on baduworld.com and it's her own platform. It's not on Instagram. It's not on Facebook. It's her own platform. And you, the first one she did, you had to pay a dollar. The second one she did, you had to pay $2 and I paid for it. I, that's my, like her and him are my two, they're the two people that I would, I, I've never paid to see Questlove, not gonna lie, but <laughs> I met him at her concert that I paid to go see. Okay. That's good. I mean, it's good to support people, you know. So well, she's yeah. the only person. She is the only person I have ever paid any money to go see. Wow, that's how much I love her. She is awesome. She's she's another person who has like I've never met her, but she has that vibe of just like good energy. Like she seems like she'd be like a beautiful person. She yeah. is. Is she? She's- so beautiful. I like, oh my God. She got me through my whole childhood. I, ever since her first album, that first album, Bag Lady, uh, pick your Afro daddy, flat <laughs> on one side. Doom. I used to work at a body oils and incense shop. It was called the Farmer's Market, where I grew up at the town over in Downingtown. And I used to play her on repeat. Her album, we only had CDs players back then. So I would put her CD in and I would repeat it. So the whole time I was working, selling body oils and incense for Mr. Claude, yeah. I played Erica Badu. So that was like one of my first like jobs where I was out of my neighborhood. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love her. I, I, I paid to see her. She played at the uh, Tower Theater back around the same time the Mind Control album came out. And see, that's why I've never paid to see anybody because you know, when my brother, everybody knows me, all Live Nation in Philly, they all know me. You know, yeah. I used to be at the Electric Factory regularly, the um, TLA, but the Tower Theater was the one theater that I didn't know the people that actually ran it. Mm. So I had to buy the tickets. And I don't even think I bought, I think my boyfriend at the time bought them, Sid. Very He's cool. So yeah, but- So I-, I, I I love that you sang for a minute there, even though it wasn't your music. I got to hear your, know, your beautiful voice. <laughs> Thank you. I, oh, my song is called Freedom is Not Free. Yes. Tell me, tell me about that. So that was what you touched on earlier is you were growing about 10 years ago. You got caught. The cops were dicks. You're, you're on probation for a while. And then you had some domestic things with a roommate. So that's kind of what freedom isn't free is about, right? Like, or am I? No, I didn't have domestic. The, the reason that it was domestic with the room, that's why they said it was domestic only because he was my, he was living in my house. Yeah. But no, after that, you know, I got a DUI. Um, Cause they were following me. They got mad because I wouldn't like snitch on my connect and tell uh. them who gave me the cuttings. So they were following me after that and they would follow me on Facebook. 
I call it fake book. And they robbed my house too. After that, I had to move from that house because they would, they, when I would go visit my friends, I remember my friend died and I put on fake book that I was going to go visit his mom. I came back and my house was broken into. Oh my God. So they would follow me. They saw what car I was driving. I had a, a silver Volvo 850, the old one, the box one with the little fender on the back. And they fought, they would follow me around. And the cop followed me. I was taking my friend out for her birthday after I got off work. I bartended at um, in Exton and I got off work, took her out and they pulled me over saying that I was swerving. But I was only swerving because I was trying to light the bowl and steer at the same time. And you explained that, right? And you're like, excuse me. <laughs> I know I'm my- totally not drunk. This has nothing to do with the half a bottle of Grey Goose we just finished. <laughs> know my rights <laughs> exactly yeah I think we've all been there no, that's, that's what happened and then I got a DUI and then so then I was on probation for seven years and then like on the sixth year I my mom kicked me out of the house and I moved to upstate New York and then they were like oh well she's trying to flee probation and I was like no I didn't have nowhere to live and I my friend had a big mansion up in the Mohawk Valley on like 350 acres. And that's where we were going to have this huge concert. It's called the uh, Gelston Castle. And cool. it's where Rostropovich's mansion was built, the Russian celloist. Wow. That yeah, sounds very I living, cool. I was living in that house. Whoa. Well, it why? Was so awesome. You should still do that. Well, it's still there, but it's a lot of politics with that house right now. Okay. I can't mention any names or say anything about it because it's a lot going on. But no, I'm not going to live up there anymore because I got in trouble for moving up there. My kid's dad told the cops and or told my probation officer, which I didn't have at the time because I was non-reporting. I did all my recommendations and all that stuff. And so when I came back to Pennsylvania, I was going to go get my son and go back up to New York at the apartment that I ended up in. And I had five acres up there too. I had a huge farm on the side of a mountain. It was so beautiful. I grew everything, cucumbers. Like I always farm. I'm a, like my father, uh, my stepfather, he always had, we had a garden growing up. So we always grew tomatoes, peppers, um, everything that we, zucchini, he makes zucchini bread. He was a baker. Cool. Like he's from, he's Trinidadian. I always grow things and I always like I'm a really country type girl I love living in the country and I'm so I'm so the opposite I'm so like a city mouse and with this whole apocalypse thing going on I was just like I don't know like I I have maybe like a katana blade and a hunting chihuahua like I'm (laughs) so not prepared I was like between hunter and gatherer like I'm gonna have to learn to gather real quick because uh I'm I'm not surviving if things go down (laughs) Yeah, I'm a I'm a black survivor. I'm a survivalist. I'm a minimalist. I like minimal stuff around me. I don't like a bunch of stuff in my house. Like I don't like stuff everywhere. I just like minimal shit. Oh, if if I, if I pan the camera that way, the reason I'm sitting at this weird angle is because this is the only spot that's not a complete disaster in my entire room. This is my <laughs> office. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, this is real comfortable on the side of the chair. <laughs> But yeah, what are you gonna do? 
I don't know. Well, you're just you're you're just the yin to my yang, I guess. There you go. I can't wait to see you in person again when the world starts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you got to come out to the farm. I'm gonna have like, I was gonna have a quarantine party, like a huge backyard party where everybody can bring their tents and pitch them like ten feet apart. <laughs> wow, I like that. Like quarantine party. Yeah, quarantine. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> That's what I should do for 420. Oh, wow. I, I wonder if that's... See, Pennsylvania doesn't have the crazy laws that New York and New Jersey right now. It doesn't matter because my driveway is long and my parking lot's big and then I have five acres. Wow. So the cops can't even come here unless I call them. Oh, and why would you call them? We already cleared that up, so... And there's a historic... I live in a historic area. There's a little historic, like, little town right next door to me that has another big parking lot where you can just walk through the bushes that's how I get to my, my friends that live next door, um, Kristen DeMarco. That's how I get to her house. Cool. And there's a huge parking lot there. So nobody would ever know that we were back on my property. <laughs> wow. All right. Quarantine. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck, in between, I'm stuck in between a historic town and a farm. Cool. I, the uh, farm people, they're so nice. They let us use their in-ground pool in the summertime. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, and they have a really cool pool and like garden area and then they have horses over there. There used to be horses in my backyard, but I don't, I can't afford a horse yet. I can't I, afford a horse yet. I can't afford a horse either. Don't feel bad. Even if I could, I'm but not I want all. one so bad. Like I love horses and I, I actually work with the horses at the um, Thorncroft, which is a equestrian therapy center right down the street. Oh, cool. That's like the ultimate rich girl thing if you have a pony. Yeah, <laughs> I had a pony growing up. Did you? Oh, yeah. see. Her name was Rose. Aw. <laughs> and that's my favorite flower. All right, you're like rich girl diva now. You had a pony. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but I just consider, I consider it country girl. I'm just a country girl. Okay. I got cowgirl boots and a cowgirl hat, and I listen to country music. Really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I ride horses like I ride horses right down there my kids ride those horses oh wow that's amazing I, I took care of they have 36 horses down there whoa that's a lot they actually paid me to take care of the horses and ride them wow yeah wow you're you're interesting you're in so many different yeah types of I, I did not picture you as a cowboy boot wearing horse riding farm girl I am I'm a cow girl <laughs> I want to save the horses and ride a cowboy <laughs> so so when's your country album coming out <laughs> oh that's my next album there you go my first one's gonna be my conscious album then my second one's gonna be my country album <laughs> okay your first one's your Erica Badu album yeah conscious well no my conscious like Ziggy Oh, okay. I gotcha. Like his Conscious Party album, that was a great album. Gotcha. That's I love that because I was on, I was around them like growing up to that music, so it was like it brings back such good memories. Very cool. Uh, let me see. Was there anything else I want to uh, make sure? We're, oh, your CBD line I want to talk about before we go. So, um, yeah. Tell me. Obviously, you're an expert on all of this, so I'm glad that, like I said, it's not just suits who are putting out product lines. Tell me about the uh, products you have coming out. I heard you're doing something with an IPA and all this good stuff. Oh yeah, I have um, CBD infused everything. <laughs> <laughs> cool. From, um, what I've seen so far is tinctures, lip gloss, 
makeup, lotions, serums, um, hair products. So, so one day nail products. I don't know. I don't know. I just have a lot coming out. I know the um, what you said, the IPA. The IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's and all my Makeda J Marley line or MJ Marley. Um, I have a lot of my Live Love line. That's mainly like my distribution and my distributor. Like I'm, I'm gonna open up a shop and. Just how Tara Vita, like the lady I told you, Chris Visco, and mm -hmm. she's a queen of pot, I guess. But um, you're allowed to have three dispensaries in Pennsylvania. So I don't have the license personally, but my plan is to buy the prop, the land and open up my factory. Mm -hmm. And whoever has the license, they could rent the house, like the, you know, everything from me. Very cool. And then I'll provide them with the marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was my big picture. You know, like they ask you, you know, what's your dream? Like, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? Like back in 2009, that was my long-term goal was to prescribe it because I wanted to get my doctorate in psychology. So I'd wow. be able to prescribe the marijuana and then open up my own factory, like distribution, like grow. And that's what's live love. Very cool. That's my corporation. What are some unique things that are uniquely Makeda? Like what, what do you want to put out into the world now? There's so much to do in cannabis and CBD and music and life and just everything. Like what do you want your, if you could have your dream, what's your mark you want to leave? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm big now. It's just like, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> uh, that's my mark. That's your mark. Live love. Live love. That's my mark. That's copywritten and wordmark and trademarked. Okay. And it has its own EIN number, so nobody can steal that. Okay. Okay. I just, you know what? It's funny you say that. I don't know where. And it's spelled L I V L U V. I just found this the other day. I'm in my spare room. I'm clean. I was like, oh, my Blazing Bakery trademark. Look at that. Yes. I found mine. <laughs> Which is right here. Way over there, but and then I yeah. make the camera fall again. Yeah, no more moving. Just don't even. Okay, breathe. I gotta just stay still. This is so hard. It's so hard for me to stay still. You said you have whatever it is. Add, yeah. My second grade teachers said I was a social butterfly because I are. never sat still. I always like fluttered around the room. <laughs> So that's, that's what's in the shot. That's a pillow. I was wondering what that was. It's a little. Oh yeah. That's a pillow. I'm sorry. I can't move it because it's if I okay. move it, the camera will fall. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. But so, so I was saying, what's your like dream? Like what, what kind of mark do you want to leave on the world? Well, just mainly, you know, I just want to continue my father's vision of one love and like everybody should just live love because that's what we were put on this earth to do. Yeah. That's you, it. It's all about living love. If you live love, then you can't be wrong. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I found another quote of your father's that I, I liked. It was, um, he, when he was shot and then he had a concert in front of 80,000 people two days later. And he yeah. said, the people who are trying to make this world worse, aren't taking a day off. How can I? And exactly. I said, I said, wow, because you, you think about like, I wake up so many days for cannabis and I do so much nonprofit work and it's just, you know, I don't need to get paid for it, but I just keep thinking I'm fighting for what's right here. 
and that's the bigger picture. And, um, you know, he was such a, a freedom fighter for so many things. And I, I see that spirit in you, which I appreciate. And we need a lot more of that in, in the world. People who aren't putting money first, who are doing things for the right reason. And I yeah. live love that totally falls within that. So, yeah. And that's what I believe in. And that's all I ever believed in. And that's why I named my company that. Like my, I started Live Love back in 2009 after I graduated from Westchester University with my bachelor's in psychology. I met this guy on MySpace and his name was Oliver. And MySpace days, he called himself Ross Alova. <laughs> from Germany though. Oh. He came from Germany and he flew to America from Germany. I picked him up at the airport in Philly and he came to my house, the same house that I got called growing the weed in. And he was like, okay, so the next, like he came, he chilled, you know, I set him up in my extra room. It was before I uh, got that person in and it snitched on me all that stuff. And he says, well, what do you want to do, Makeda? He's like, what is, what's going on? Like you, you, I flew here from Germany. Like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to start my company. He was like, okay, well, what do you want your company to be? I said, I want it to be Live Love. And he's like, okay, well, what do you want to create? And I said, I want to make hoodies, t-shirts, recycled bags, tote bags out of recycled and organic material. And he said, all right, well, okay, give me something. I need, you know, you got to create something. You got to draw something. And it was snowing like ever so lightly. <laughs> <laughs> you're painting I'm, the picture I'm laughing at myself because it was <laughs> it was like a powdering like about it snowed about maybe a half an inch right and it snowed on my on my I had this deck off the kitchen and I had a table and the table I went outside in the snow and I said god like what where, like what's my thing gonna be and I just drew in the snow live love l i v l u v and he took a picture of it Aww. and that's the exact drawing in the snow that i made that day oh my god what a great story to have behind that that's and that's awesome. why i i got it word marked oh okay that, those two words and how i drew it is an original it's not a copy of anybody it's not a copy on how people usually spell the words live and love and it's not a copy of any other design anywhere because I made it in the snow. And so he took a picture of it. We put it on Adobe Photoshop, printed it out. He took a, a stencil and we stenciled it out and cut out my stencils. And these, all my hoodies and all of my bags are handmade and they're organic cotton, the hoodies are, and the bags are made from two, um, two liter bottles recycled oh cool and so that's um that was the beginning of my company and that's what i called my company and that's what it's going to be called and that's my going to be my storefront and once i get my my land and stuff that is going to be my strain of marijuana is going to be called live love you know and anything that has to do with live love they're going to know it was from me and it was from MJ Marley, Makeda Janesta Marley. And if you look at my, uh, I'm gonna show you my one sheet, hold on. Okay. Because I had some of this in California at marijuana shops. I used to go to California and visit my brothers and visit my sisters and my friends. And this is my one sheet. 
Oh, cool. Where you could order it. And you see my logo? Yeah. And you see my signature? We made that into the stem of the flowers. See the flower? Oh, oh, that's very cool. I yep. drew that by hand. So all this stuff here, I drew. I drew the flower. I drew that heart. I drew the logo. Very cool. Is this, do you have a website up yet to order from? No, I, I had a website called livelove.us. Mm -hmm. My friend Michael Cassidy, I was talking about earlier, he said he wishes he was my son. <laughs> he, um, he, would buy, he bought me a website and it was livelove.us. And he would pay for it every year as a birthday present to me. Oh, cool. But it was just like maybe, maybe three or two years ago. He's like, Kayla, you know, you don't really do it. Cause I don't know how to do websites and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. You know, I'm always a paper and a pencil type person. Like all my stuff's drawn by hand and sketch and cut by hand. Like everything I do is by hand. And that's what makes my, my brand live love original. Yeah. And that's what makes my logo original. It's very and that cool. is what you're going to see on all of my products. That's really pretty. I love that with the two leaves. That's cool. Yeah. That's the leaves I drew. Yeah. You should, um, well, give me however the order information is and I'll put it in the show notes. So people, if they want to order can reach out, but, uh, oh, that'd be great. yeah, it's very cool. So, and that's on there. And then I, I also did a um, bed and breakfast with Oliver from Germany, Ras Alova. Right now he's in Canada. And I'm like, Oliver, come visit me. I need you to come cut it. I need you to <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so it's like an ongoing joke. Cause like I had more designs. I, I always draw on a sketch pad. Even when I was in high school, I would go to the art museum every Sunday and just draw images and sketches. I'm a potress which means I'm a pottery princess. I make oh. ceramic and I make utilitarian ceramics. And I used to teach ceramic classes to kids in the summer camps up in Phoenixville. Wow. So I do that. So my pottery part of my um, company is called Peace Pottery. You can find that on Fakebook. You can find <laughs> Live Love on Fakebook. You can find Peace Pottery. You can find my DJ Live Love page on Fakebook. Um, you can find my Marley Organics Facebook page, uh, all these different pages. And I, I'll give you the whole list of them in case people decide to want to see what I'm doing. I know. <laughs> I mean, after this, I would hope they would. I mean, this, is, this has been a, a really interesting interview. It, it went so many different places. I didn't even think it would. Um, I know, me either. I'm like, well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> That, that's why I love doing these things because I, I always do like a rough outline of what I want to hit on, but then it always kind of goes off the rails to different places and ends up being more interesting than I even thought. So this was a, this was super cool. Um, yeah. So the points you wanted to talk about pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that? I didn't just my food. Talk about your food. Oh yeah. I was getting to that. Remember I was like, okay, I did a bed and breakfast. Yeah. So I have a breakfast cookbook and I have the live love. What is it called? YouTube. That's what it is. <laughs> I have a live love YouTube channel and I'm so excited. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, so yes. Before we hopped on, you told me about this. You're cooking with your kids, right? Yeah. Me and my son. It's called, well, we used to, I was staying with some friends on a street called Happy Creek in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And so we were cooking in the Happy Creek kitchen. You'll see Sunday dinner. And we made scallops, lobster tails, um, 
couscous and wild rice and polenta and a mixed salad. And me and my, my eight-year-old that you saw, Indy, me and him filmed the first episode. It's called Sunday Dinner. I think there's like three segments on YouTube. And then I'm when I came back home, it's called, um, oh, what is it called? Sugartown Kitchen or something. Because that's where I live in Sugartown. Oh, cool. So it's called Sugartown some Sugartown, I don't know. All right, that's but, a that's a great name for an edibles line, by the way, Sugartown. I love yes! that. Yes. It is. And that's like where I'm going to be making all my edibles is right here in my kitchen. Uh, so I will, I'll post that. When I do make my edibles, I'll make sure to put it on that YouTube page. Yes, you definitely should. That's awesome. Yeah, Very I'm so nice. excited because I love to cook. I'm like a gourmet chef. Very cool. Dude, you're doing everything. I go to visit my brothers and sisters. Like I went to Sadella's house and that's what I did. I cooked for her. I made a, oh, it was so good. It was a seafood stew and it was just like so good. She loved it. Sadella loves my cooking. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I can make certain things for edibles, but then I usually bring in like uh, like I've worked with different pastry chefs and people who are a little bit above my pay grade because I'm all self-taught, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I told my friend about you, the oh, one yeah? Andre Allen's in um, Vegas. Oh, cool. I told him about you. I was like, yeah, her name's Tara, Miss Sue. He's like, what do you mean? Like Tara Miss Sue? I was like, yeah, exactly. He got yeah. it. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, like the dessert? I was like, exactly. She's. I'm going to send you the link so y'all can connect and you can talk to him about about his rouge I don't know how to pronounce it it's like some French word but he's really a cool person and wait till okay. you see his creations that he makes like it's all THC infused and he said yes he is legal and yes he is making during this quarantine delivering meals to people's houses okay yeah it. that's amazing we definitely need to so have dope. him on the podcast <laughs> yeah that's great dude other states I'm like, I'm like wait a minute I know you're in Vegas but can you ship me something to Pennsylvania <gasps> Oh, oh my God. Dude, Jersey, like I, I was just in an article the other day of, uh, talking about this. We need delivery. We don't have it out here. And it's crazy. There's people suffering in their houses and quarantines. Epileptic Wait a children. minute. Do you know, um, didn't you meet Claudia? Maybe. Who? Who's Claudia? I don't mean black market delivery that we got. No. Oh. She, like she's delivering like the whole logistics of delivery of marijuana. Oh, okay. Like well, the that's... trucking company, like she's, she has it going on. She's looking for investors. Really? That's another person. I'll, that's another person that Rick took me to her. She like, Rick says she works for me cause she's like a product. Like she gets products out there and exposure and stuff. Mm -hmm. She runs the Philadelphia, it's a magazine. It's not Emerald because that's our friends up in up in New York, up in yeah, the Bronx, they're in Long Island, maybe somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I think they're. I think we went to. I went up to uh, Emerald Magazine and did an interview with them, but no, she's in Philly, and she does a publication and she has a publication clients, and she's into the transport of marijuana. Okay, very cool. Yep. Well, yeah, connect and us with the investors. So. Yeah, it's um it's interesting. I during COVID, so I think 
a lot of the investors are going to obviously dry up, but I think certain things are going to do very well right no, now. No, investors are not going to dry up. Everybody has a lot of money now because, well, I mean, not everybody, but the people that are rich, they're getting richer. And yes. the people that are yes. poor, they're getting poorer. Yes. But the people that are poor are also getting money from the government that they are going to want to invest in uh, pandemic-proof businesses. Which and is that's what... where you're going to find a lot of growth in pandemic-proof essential businesses. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting to, too. And uh, also, use goes up, much like alcohol. THC, Thank CBD, you. when people are depressed, when they have anxiety, when they're cooped up, uh, use goes up. So yeah, not only is it- And that's what I was telling Rick. I was like, Rick, you, you are saying, oh, it's not a good time. It's Christmas time. I was like, what are you talking about? This is the best time. People are buying presents. Yeah. People want to buy presents for other people. It's never not a good time to start a business or launch an idea. No. If it's a good idea, it's going to take off and it's going to grow. If it's a bad idea, then it's a bad idea. You shouldn't even do it in the first place. <laughs> but my thing with him is people are always consuming, especially consumable goods slash medicine slash medicinals. Come on now, people. Everybody's thinking of pandemic. Oh, you know, there's you, the thing about being a black person in America is that our lives have been a pandemic. Okay, they think that, oh my God, these people, the white people want to social distance. They've been social distancing from us for generations. Oh, wow. We came over here and we were social distanced and quarantined and, and, and repulsive conditions. Hmm. And we built this whole country. So this is nothing new to us. And we are resourceful to where we always find a lane, but it always gets stolen by the man. So now the playing field's getting leveled and we're gonna have opportunity come out of this pandemic yeah. to a new world and a new order of things. And people are really seeing what's real and really seeing what's fake. Yeah. And, and you know what? And it's not only just a, a black white thing too, but it's also class people with poverty and people who have money tend to stay in those lanes and women too. Uh, I found a statistic that 90% of all venture capital goes to straight white males. So exactly. th they leave 3% for everything else. And, um, yeah, uh, of the 5,000 dispensaries in America, four are owned by black women which is a ridiculous statistic. So, um, Especially because we're arrested and incarcerated on alarming rates. Three times the amount. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of social justice that needs to happen. That's something I worked on a lot in Jersey's bill. And I, I, I hope, you know, people are in PA are working just as hard to make sure because we need more minority dispensary owners and more women involved too, so. And that's <sighs> so true, Tara. And yeah. to... So go further, you have to understand that I've been working on this for a long time and I'm not trying to be a casualty of the war on yeah. marijuana. I'm trying to be a revolutionary that's gonna push the legalization and to get people out of incarceration and to have prison reform and to 
give opportunity. We're not just releasing people out of prison to slave for somebody else. These mm-hmm. people that they've arrested and have been incarcerated for years were all entrepo Negroes. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't understand how they can have the thinking that, oh, we'll let you out of prison, but then you have to be in a halfway house or you have to be on parole. No, fuck that. Give them the fucking, whatchamacallit, the licenses to run their legal business in a legal way of the business that you put them in there for in the first place, which is in a way called reparations. So if that's what you want to call it, that's what it should be. Restitution. That's That's what people need. The people that have gotten arrested and incarcerated for marijuana need to be let out immediately. And if I ever got to talk to Donald Trump, this is exactly (laughs) what I would say to him. Yeah, that's They need to be released immediately and immediately automatically get a license to distribute it legally. That's all. I mean, you hit on so many amazing things right there. Uh, you know, one of them, yeah, we shouldn't be limiting these licenses at all. We should just be giving them out and let people try to build their own empires, sit, fail, no, but succeed. Not giving them out to just anybody. We should give them out to the people that have suffered because of their laws. For sure. Because and of their crooked laws. The people that have suffered and have lost their families, have lost their money, have lost yeah. their homes. No, you don't let them out of jail and let them be homeless without their families, without money. No, you let them out of jail and you give them the right to have that piece of paper that you want to give to all these big corporations and all these white people. They can afford it. We we can't. It's obviously a disparity among it. So you give us the chance to have it granted to us. So we don't have to pay because we already paid enough with our lives and our family. Yeah. We paid enough. We, we built this country, free labor, slave labor. That's free labor. Our yeah. ancestors worked hard enough for this country and it needs to change. And the only way to change is by giving us something for free. We gave everything to this country for free. Yeah. I, I had on the podcast yesterday, I interviewed um, Leo Bridgewater. He's an activist, um, black activist for medical marijuana, uh, very vocal. And he said, calling it reparations it isn't even enough to even use that word he's like it's it's just something that should be due and when it's restitution I, yeah when so i was when we commit crimes and say you rob somebody what do they make you do what do they make me do i i guess you go to jail right you go to jail and then you have to pay what a uh, restitution yeah you have to pay that person back for what you stole from them that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Restitution is they have to pay me back for what they stole from me. They stole my livelihood. They stole my plants. Yeah. They stole my lights, my fans, my shit. I want to be paid back. <laughs> All this money I've been paying this fucked up government, I had to pay them $7,000. And you know, every time I got a, another thing after it, it was another $2,000 fucking dollars. I want my fucking money back in a license so I can do what I was doing before you ruined my life. Wow. Yeah. It's true, man. I, I'm trying. I'm out there fighting for you every day. New Jersey, the a couple ways we went at it, and I'm not sure what PA is doing, but 
Uh, the micro license, I, I, I literally wrote it. I, I sat down and it was something to give opportunities to women and minorities. It was a lower cost buy-in. It locked out corporations. It, it, it had to be 51%. That's how it should be, Tara. What yeah. you did was a great thing. That's how yeah. it should be. And it had to be 51% minority or women owned. It was specifically carved That's out. It should be. And then even on the regular license, there was, you know, you get so many points. There were points if you use a, um, like a, I don't know if it's work release, but like some kind of exit program for people who are coming out with, with cannabis charges. I keep falling. I, and my kids. <laughs> But yeah, so it was like if you were coming out of prison on a cannabis charge and this dispensary hired you, you would get points for hiring, you know, basically taking those people and getting them out of the system and get, trying to give back. So it's like it's always this compromise, though. You never get everything you ask for. You always want yeah. to be like better, better. But, you know, and because the laws are state to state, like you need people in Pennsylvania fighting for that, too. And you I know, understand that. And I was also yeah. a big I fought for people in Jersey too. I was at the rallies in Trenton. I was at the Capitol fighting with, with New Jersey Wee Man, Sam McKay, we come up to Trenton. Me and Peter Tosh's youngest son, Jawara Tosh, who was brutally beat up in prison, who is still in a coma that nobody wow. wants to talk about. His family's still fighting for his life and his rights. Me and him spoke at the rally at Trenton, New Jersey. Before wow. it was legal. And I think because we came together and we were so vocal about it, you can check that out on YouTube too. It's me and Jawara at the uh the 420 uh rally. Okay. At uh New Jersey We Man spot. Yeah, my after that, New Jersey was one of the first states on the East Coast to go ahead and pass it for medicinal purposes. Hmm. I spoke in Harrisburg. I went out there. I was out there with the normal people and the uh, the, the hemp people and and the past the uh, what, it's normal, right? They, they yeah. want to yep, yep. legalize marijuana. Yeah. I was out there with them people in Harrisburg, in our capital here. I was at I spoke in in Lancaster, another city in Pennsylvania, and I go and I speak and I'm very vocal about what I want and what should be done to correct all the wrongs that they did. That's good. And, you, and you've lived it. So you're the person who could say, look. Yeah, and that's why I'm so passionate. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell you are. That's awesome. But it, we need passionate people. We don't need dry, boring, gray cannabis, corporate cannabis. We don't need that. We need people who lived it. People who live, love it. There you lived go. it and love <laughs> it. Thank <Yeah>. you, Tara. <laughs> All right. Yes, lived awesome. it and loved it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you are awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I had a lot of fun. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, do you want to wrap it up? Are we good? So check you out on all those things you said on fake book. It was what were all of them. <laughs> um, and check out. And if you want to get in touch with me, you know who to contact. Rick Starr with Life Nation Networks. Mm -hmm. Boop, boop. <laughs> he wants me to definitely say that okay and very it's cool a, it's a tough love production that's my record company tough love okay are you uh anywhere else uh instagram twitter snapchat any of those or just i'm on twitter at, as majama i think i don't really know my twitter i'm just, I, just, I always forget the passwords <laughs> i'm on snapchat as sexy mac 
<laughs> just, just let your kids let your kids take it over. Be like your mom. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that made me get Snapchat. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, I'm I'm just gonna take us out of here then. Um. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Makeda. Thank you, guys. Love you. Stay safe in the pandemic and keep on trailblazing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, baby. This was great. All right. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Peace. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Trailblazing with Tara Masu. Trailblazers, if you could take one moment and go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and leave a review, it really helps other cannabis supporters find us and it would mean the world to me. We have new episodes every week, so make sure you're subscribed so you're always getting the latest Trailblazing content. I would love to connect and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Blazin Bakery. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N Bakery. Check out BlazinBakery.com for awesome cannabis products, including our new CBD pet line, Blazin Barkery, a company I founded with my dog, Diablo. As always, my name is Tara Masu. Love you all and keep on trailblazing. <laughs>